Hello, and welcome to Regrets I've Had a Few. I'm Paul Hunter, Artistic Director of Told by an Idiot, and this is a podcast where I talk to friends and colleagues delving into what made them the person they are today. Hello, and welcome to Regrets I've Had a Few. Uh, this week, I'm chatting to uh, an amazing young actor that I've been lucky enough to work with twice now, and I think he is really gifted. Um, he's going on to do extraordinary things, as uh, um, I knew he would. Um, uh, it's Amari Douglas. Amari, welcome. Hi, Paul. Thank you for the lovely words. It's very kind of you. <laughs> well, it's well, it's well deserved. And the first thing I have to say is, um, obviously, we chatted about this before, but we are from the same part of the country. So we are. Exactly. We are both from the Midlands. I'm from Birmingham and you're from... Wolverhampton. Excellent. Um, yes. So that felt like when we first met uh, three years ago doing uh, Wise Children for Emma Rice, that felt like a connection. Cause I don't, yeah, for sure. I don't know about you. I still find over the years, there's not often when I end up in a show with people from my hometown or nearby. I was literally just about to say exactly the same thing. I kind of, I don't know why, I just get really excited by the camaraderie of just sort of like meeting people from the area because especially when I was young and I was kind of doing youth theatre, like initially when I first moved to London, the only people that I knew that were from that area were people who'd also moved to London who I did youth theatre with. So then like gradually you start to meet more and more people and it's like, oh, it's not just this like tiny little pool of people that you think you were just sort of like running around with it, like your youth there. But no, it's all good. It's, it's, it's fab. It's interesting, isn't it? Because I also, obviously being a, a little bit older than yourself, I spent a lot <laughs> of time touring in theatre for many years. And for a long time, I never went to Birmingham. For some reason, I, on the touring circuit, I it never happened. And then yeah. about... I don't know, maybe 10 years ago, I finally went back to the rep, Birmingham rep, where I used to go as a kid and Mm -hmm. really enjoyed it. Going home felt slightly... um, I have to ask you, have you ever played a part where you've had to do a Wolverhampton accent? Uh, No, I haven't yet. I would like to, although I say that actually... And I mean, so many people do say to me, they're like, oh, you haven't really got much of an accent, which which I do hear myself. But I, um, you know, when you sort of like are assimilating in new circles, when you move to London and stuff, it kind of fizzles away. But I feel like that there would actually be a challenge in like trying to find it again, which is so interesting, I think, because it's a very particular accent, is it? Because I did um, I was in a production of Tartuffe at Birmingham Rep that Roxana Silbert yes. directed. And it was yeah. really great because she created the family of the show were all Brummies. So there was a mm-hmm. lot of us were from Birmingham. And at the end of the play, there's a messenger who comes on stage from the King. And she cast this guy from Wolverhampton. And it was kind of brilliant that at the end, the messenger had a big speech. And the audience <laughs> in Birmingham loved the fact that he had this Wolverhampton accent. Now, you and I both know, I think sometimes people not from the area confuse these accents. Whereas I think Wolverhampton yeah. and Birmingham is very different. Oh, so, 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 so different. But yeah, I think people kind of like just club it together as one sound, don't they? But the, the black country sound is very different to the Birmingham sound. They're like really, really, really distinctive. Definitely. Um, you mentioned kind of growing up and stuff. And if I could take you back a little bit, do you have any recollection of your first, when you first kind of got the theatrical bug or was it a school play or how did it happen? 
Um, the, the, the first moment that I remember at primary school uh, was, I, I can't remember what year I was in, but we did a musical nativity called Stable Manners. Excellent. And yes, and I played, <laughs> I played a camel called Claude, who was French. Um, it was sort of like a double act with with another boy. I think it was uh, Anthony or something like that. And I remember my because we didn't have sort of like allocated drama classes. It was kind of like extracurricular when I was at primary school. And it was one of the English teachers who sort of took this extracurricular drama sort of activity after school. And I remember her saying to my mum at one point, you know, you should really like let him go ahead and like sort of pursue all of this stuff. And I at the time, like I knew that I loved it, but I was definitely sort of like dabbling in lots of other bits and bobs. Like I used to do karate and I even tried football at one point, wow. which is a memory that I'm more than happy to erase <laughs> from my mind. But um, yeah, and then when I got to secondary school, again, I just started like jumping into school plays and productions and things. And I remember we did, uh, th they did a production of Jesus Christ Superstar when I was in year seven, actually. And I was like kind of overly keen and enthusiastic <laughs> about just like mucking in for this production. I remember the head of performing arts saying, you know, if anyone could help out with props, then that would be really fantastic. And I remember going to like every off license possible, like getting my mom to drive me there to get all these sort of like wooden crates for like fruit and vegetables so that I could help out for like the temple scene. And I think I kind of maybe annoyed the head of performing arts <laughs> a little bit because I was so keen to just kind of muck in. But yeah, it all just kind of spun out from there. And like you were talking about the rep and um, I was really lucky that I got to do my like work experience placement there. Oh, wow. When I was, I think I was 14 or 15. And I remember sort of careers advisors and that kind of thing saying, you know, uh, right, so you want to do performing arts. They were like, oh, you're going to have a bit of trouble being able to find like a work experience placement, that kind of thing. Because um, most people were doing their work placements at like supermarkets or like banks and that kind of thing. But at the time, the rep were doing like an allocated programme for young people for work experience placements, which was incredible. And I remember being so excited because you had to apply and um, they only had about five or six places and they took you in a week around every single department in the theatre and I remember they were just um, I think they'd taken Our House on tour okay. the musical yeah, the, yeah. The, the Madness musical and I remember going into the auditorium because at this point I don't think I'd seen anything at the theatre but they still had the set in the auditorium and I was just like completely like blown away by just being on stage getting on there I think they took us up to the flies as well. And then we went to, um, we went into make makeup, we went into prosthetics. Like, I just remember them telling us these really incredible stories. And yeah, I just feel really, really, really fortunate to have had been, have, to have had a work placement in a, like an institution yeah. of that caliber at so young. Um, Cause I also did a work placement at Central Youth Theatre as well, which is a, do, do you know Central Youth Theatre? Yes, I heard of it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I did a placement there too, which was really amazing. And then funnily enough, I did I wasn't actually a part of that youth theatre group. I Where um, was your youth theatre group? It was Wolverhampton Youth Music Theatre. Okay. So they so they produced a lot of musicals, of course, and and um I think the funding for that has changed now, but it was funded by like Wolverhampton Music Service 
who provided like musical like instrumental tuition to to kids and stuff like that and um that is kind of where the pool of actors who i was working with who i sort of are my like London buddies now or, or were initially until I sort of like met more people from the Midlands like yourself. Um, but yeah, it was just, it was a really exciting time when I think about it because with Wolverhampton Youth Music Theatre, they used to do like summer intensives. Okay. So you basically spent, you spent your whole summer holiday kind of like putting on a production and all the productions that I did were at uh, the Arena Theatre, which is wow, yeah. University of Wolverhampton's sort of like allocated theatre space. It's tiny sort of like little intimate space. And I, I was also a part of another um, amateur theatre group called Impulse Productions, which was run by a couple of guys who were actually at drama school at the time. One was, it was Luke and John Dudley and Luke was at, Guildford School of Acting and John was at Mountview and when I think about it having gone through the drama school process what they did was actually like I don't know how they did it they used to finish drama school on a Friday drive back to the Midlands on a weekend do the rehearsals produce the show put it on we did like I did some shows at the arena I did some at uh what's that theatre in Cannock it's in Cannock Chase they've got like a this got like a civic a civic theatre space. I can't remember what it's called. We should, actually, we shall research that and we can put that out with the podcast and give them a plug. Yeah, but Amari, that sounds amazing. So, was it the the guy who was uh, uh, coming to work with you that introduced you to the idea of going to Mount View? Was that the, or was that just a? So, uh, Luke actually was in sixth form when I was in sort of my lower years at secondary school so that's how I got to know him and then I just sort of heard because I I always admired those kind of like older people at school and a lot I mean my secondary school isn't a performing arts specialist school at all but just had a very 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 strong department and a lot of those sixth form students who would do like a BTEC performing arts they'd go on and do like they'd go to drama schools and stuff like that but I, I mean, I was sort of toying with the idea of doing a BTEC and then eventually I ended up just sort of doing like a very sort of like traditional set of A-levels, but I just got along with that crowd really well. So I hung out with them. So I was definitely like straddling both worlds because I mean, I was very academic and I wanted to go to university and I was sort of proud of being really geeky. And like, I did the, I did the like Oxbridge open days and that kind of thing, but I was just kind of going, I'm going to do this with the same view to want to be an actor. So I may as well just like go to drama school anyway. And um, there were a couple of people who went to art SEDS, I think. Um, and that was how I then heard about it. And then I ended up auditioning there and I got in. And I mean, I was really happy when I got in because I remember my head of performing arts telling me that it was kind of like, I mean, as any drama school is, but art said being sort of like notoriously difficult to get in because it's such a like select number of places and that kind of thing. And she hadn't had many people like actually go off and do that course. So, yeah, I was oh. really lucky. And well, that's yeah. a, that, it's an interesting thing that you, you say that thing about thinking about university and then realising actually I'm going to be an actor anyway, because I remember <laughs> having a similar conversation earlier than you with my parents who were trying to encourage me to to go to university and they often said oh well you'll have something to fall back on and I remember saying well if I have something to fall back on I'm going to fall back on 
on it. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I kind of thought, I just need to give it a go. Do you know what I mean? Because I'm assuming yeah. that there's no theatrical kind of uh, people in your family. There was no one already in showbiz or... or... No, I mean, at, well, actually... I had a cousin that went to Italia Conti oh, okay. for a little while. Yeah, I had a cousin that went to Italia Conti for a little while. And all, all my cousins are older than me. Like, I'm sort of the youngest of, like, that generation. So that was one of my early memories of sort of knowing what a drama school was and that kind of thing. And then apart from that, there isn't any kind of, like, theatrical connections. I mean, my uncle is a musician and he sort of had a very successful band, like, in the sort of late 90s, early 90s. Who, who were they? With, like... So they were called, so his, the first group that he was in was called Angry Mexican DJs and they were like a house collective. Ah. Um, and then he was in like a ska revival band called Stateside Hombres and they toured with like, they supported James Brown. Wow, like, Amore. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, so that I'm was going, I'm going to look up Angry Mexican DJs after this. Yes. That sounds very interesting. Yes. Um, so when you got to art said you were doing what the musical theatre course or the I was doing yeah I was doing a musical theatre degree and so there are so there's like two degree programs there the the, the musical theatre and the sort of acting for screen and uh, for, for for film and television I think it's got a very specific title and um, yeah there was about forty five people in my year uh, and strangely despite the fact that there's only sort of like 45 in in on the musical theatre school and probably a bit less on the sort of like straight acting courses sort of however you want to refer to it um they we we never really crossed paths with each other it was quite like and I I I was um I was head of student of the student union with my best friend uh when I was in my third year and we made this like really concerted effort to try and like integrate like yeah. the two schools together, but it just was like, it just never really seemed to happen. And I mean, I knew, I knew people that were on the course as well. And actually a really good friend of mine who I did youth theater with and also went to secondary school with, she did the acting course there. But yeah, my course was very sort of like split. I mean, on paper, they say it's like 33% dance, 33% acting and 33% vocal tuition. So it was very regimented, very strict. I mean, the biggest thing that I would say that I took away from there is like discipline and and sort of like being able to form a a sense of like self-discipline for for those moments where you're kind of like are quiet and aren't doing anything and you want to be able to sort of like motivate yourself to do something no that's important well, yeah that's important. it is and, and what sort of roles were you cast in at drama i'm always interested what people played at drama school you know what's really interesting i always played authority high status figures did you i don't know yeah, why that surprises yeah, me yeah i th- yeah I, I i'm kind of surprised by it as well so i um i remember in so in my second year, I did, we did like a Gilbert and Gilbert and Sullivan project. Um, I'm not sure whether they still do that now, but you perform extracts from like one particular operetta. And we did, I think we did Rudigal. And I played a sort of, because um, Rudigal is about kind of like ancestry and there's all these kind of like ghosts in it and that kind of thing. And I played... Yeah, I played like a very high status figure in that. Um, 
Well, actually, we also did Assassins when I was in my second wow. year, and I played Leon, and I played Leon Shulgosh in that actually, and I, I um, I actually remember getting really bad feedback for it. <laughs> <laughs> and then when I was in my third year, I was cast as Carl Hanratty in Catch Me If You Can, which is the role that Tom Hanks played in the film. So. Wow. The detective. Was that a musical? Was that a musical first, or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, it wasn't a musical first. They they adapted it from uh, the, the the film and the of oh, course like okay. the real the real life story. Yeah, it was like it was written by the same team that did the adaptation of Hairspray. Okay. Yeah, oh, interesting. and you played the Tom Hanks yeah, role. So, yeah, 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 yeah. So that 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 was um, again. I, I I sort of think I sort of think back to that time actually, and I kind of go. I mean, it was quite scary because actually, particularly with musical theatre, and we had we were so exposed to the industry in our third year, we had a lot of people that would come and watch our shows. And um, interestingly, like a lot of people like myself, like a lot of people had interest in us when we weren't actually playing principal roles. Ah, uh, interesting. I mean, it, interestingly for me, I sort of a lot more interest came when I was doing something less. I mean, I played Lurch in the Adams family as okay. well, which was, <laughs> which was really fun um, and, and really physical as well. So yeah, I think maybe there was like a sense of them sort of, of people thinking, oh, maybe he's a bit too old for that, or maybe I just wasn't that good. I don't know. Oh, it's interesting. But, <laughs> I mean, I'm also interested that that moment when you leave drama school or one leaves drama school and then you, you go out into the professional world. And yeah. I remember the first play I was in when I left college, I was terribly miscast. And I was absolutely dreadful in this play that went to the Edinburgh Festival with a company that was the year above me. And it was very serious yeah. and very earnest. And I was cast as a Chilean political prisoner. Oh, yes, I remember <laughs> yeah. you telling me this. It was it's dreadful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, in some ways, I, I, I regret that. In <laughs> I don't regret it. <laughs> Is there anything you did after drama school that you look back and go, oh, I slightly regret that job or, or, or not at all? Don't you think like that? No, I, I don't regret any of my jobs at all. I think maybe what I sort of... I mean, it's hard to even say regret because, you know, I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I'm sort of I'm learning that you go on the journey that you go on and because it gets you to where you are now. But I sort of really struggled with just sort of like taking ownership of like sort of the those initial opportunities that come to you and sort of I mean. I mean, at least I felt like I was anyway, like I was just so sort of like wide eyed and green kind of like going into the industry for the first time and I I mean I did my first show because the director actually saw one of my third year shows okay. and um which was which was High Society at the Old Vic oh, and wow. uh, yeah Maria Friedman directed that and the choreographer of the Adams family was working on that particular production and she came in to watch the show at Arts Ed and she was like oh I'd like him to come in an audition and I just yeah, I think of, I mean, I don't know how you felt like sort of in your early days of like auditioning and stuff, but I just remember being like an absolute quivering mess yeah, to the point where here. I was just same like, here. I can't believe that I even got the job because I was in the, I remember being in the final audition, being surrounded by people who I'd seen in so many shows. I was like, oh my God, I remember you from that show and I remember you from that show. But 
I think the saving grace actually was that I actually then ended up doing the show with one of my really, really, really close friends who was also in the same year as me. Oh, brilliant. And we, yeah, we actually followed each other for a couple of years because we then did our first tour together as well, which then also had like an extra two people from my year in it as well. Oh, so so you, had, like, you had buddies, which yeah. is good. You mentioned, yeah, I had buddies, which is cool. You mentioned the old Vic Amari, and, and that brings me to the first time we worked together when uh, we were both in Emma Rice's first production with her new company, Wise Children, of the novel Wise Children. And I remember us rehearsing in uh, in Bristol and then in London. And I thought Emma did such a brilliant job of casting that particular novel and adapting it. You know, the mm. way in which the central characters, the central relationship of the twins changed throughout the the play was so amazing. And particularly when I think the best transition of that is when it transitions from when they're little to when they're a bit older and you are dancing, which I always... I was always, I think I was in the audience taking photos as a kind of press man. And I was always able to look at the audience when they couldn't quite believe that this audacious swap had happened. And I remember thinking sometimes in that show, because I think we were all right for what we played. You know, me playing Gorgeous George was a good fit and, mm. and everybody was... But I, I sometimes think this, when I watched you dancing in particular, it's such a tangible skill. Do you know what I mean? It's something where you go, you have obviously practiced for a long time to be able to do that. <laughs> and I think audiences really love that. They love it when they see skill. Do you know what I mean? Uh, you go, yeah. wow, that's a really skillful. And I suppose mm. you don't think about it, but the hours and hours you must have put into to dancing must have paid off or, or they're in your DNA, aren't they? Or Yeah, I think I think so. But I, I just hadn't really had a chance to sort of like employ those skills, like sort of on that level of exposure before or at least feel like that I had because obviously the the brilliance about being in in the room with people like Emma and Etara they give you like a sort of great deal of autonomy over sort of like what you want to bring to to, to what you're doing so I mean you know with no disrespect to to to, to the world that I had come from before but there you know a lot of things are prescribed to you and you're given yes. sort of things to do whereas this felt like a real moment of kind of going like wow I can actually take ownership of it but you say that about it being a tangible skill and honestly Paul like and and even sort of before Wise Children I think sort of my introduction to Emma's world and sort of working with Mike and people like that I was like just in awe every day of being in a room with people who came from so many different worlds yes, and yes. and and you know and like you know we've had so many conversations like you know myself with you and and with Mike and that kind of thing and just sort of it it, it definitely allowed me to sort of find like a new level of confidence that I had be, hadn't had before but not even so much confidence just more of like a bravery to actually kind of mess up and also have more bravery to go like I actually really want to just like keep adding to my skill set and 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 just sort of just keep training basically because yeah, yeah. you know it I I feel like that I've had good opportunities to be able to do that by you know like working with people working with people like you and sort of like you know even going down you know we've spoken about John Wright and I told you about when I went to go and do that workshop with him and I I sort of took to, I've taken that as just like a really 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 formative experience and I think you know because a lot of the time I sort of go gosh did I 
did I do the right course like when I was training should I have like maybe gone like more down a straight acting route and I go no like actually I don't think so because I don't think I would have the sort of broadness of skills that I do have without doing that you know that musical theatre degree but I think what is great is like being able to sort of have this sort of bravery to go like no you can keep training like you can keep trying to add to your skills I think I think think you're absolutely right Amari I think it's such a you know, as one carries on in this, I won't say career, because that seems a crazy word to use, but in this kind of world that we're in, um, I think it becomes more important to sometimes think about saying yes to something that you don't know how to do or that feels a bit, do you know what I mean, out of your uh, comfort zone. You know, um, it, it's interesting because, of course, you've had that train. I'm sure it's clearly benefited you, but you've managed to make huge transitions. And I, I, I couldn't talk to you without touching on It's a Sin, the, the my favourite show over the last year. And as you know, my I can't mention that without mentioning my daughter who was obsessed with it, my 14-year-old daughter. <laughs> um, but first of all, how did that come about? Was that just something from your agent saying you've got this meeting? or? Yeah, I so it sort of came about a couple of a couple of months after we finished touring because we sort of finished in the April of 2019 I think it was and then yeah a couple of months after that my agent just kind of came through and said like Andy Pryor who was casting the show is working on Russell T Davis's new sort of television project which is going to be this five-part mini-series about sort of a group of friends in London during well at the height of the AIDS epidemic and I it was, I, I really hadn't done many screen auditions before. I, I, I'd i done a few and sort of, I guess that was sort of at a time where we were all starting to sort of do self tapes and that kind of thing. So I was like a rookie in sort of like two senses, like sort of in the screen world at first and then also like having to do these self tape things. So I was like, oh gosh, what's this? But then luckily I, I went into the room actually for the first time and I met Andy and, um, yeah, he is one of those casting directors who is just very generous and sort of like really looks for like just sort of the the, the actual like spirit in a person and is willing to invest time. Um, and and that was just really wonderful and, and comforting. So, yeah, that came about. And as you said, like we it's good to be sort of a little bit scared of a project yeah, in a way, yeah, sort sure. of. You want to feel like you're that you're going to challenge yourself and then I mean again when I was at those auditions for It's a Sin I mean I, I was auditioning with a good friend of mine I also saw like plenty of people who I was like I've seen you I've seen you on the telly I've seen you on the telly why on earth are they going to give me this job like I, I was literally just like I, I don't have the same level of experience but yeah and then eventually it sort of like came to me which was amazing and I was just sort of like oh my god this is huge I've actually got to do this but well I we, uh, you were yeah. absolutely as I said but I have to say uh, on this podcast you were brilliant in it I'm I'm as you all were I'm intrigued with the, the central characters was there because you were so credible as a group of friends that's what yeah. you know that was the glue of the show I, I I could believe you in this flat in Brixton and we all wanted to come out and hang out with you in that flat in Brixton was there a sense that Russell T Davis was were looking for actors who somehow were closer to their part or they were going to play or not really? I think they, I mean, and I, I, I said this so many times, like the thing that blows my mind is that like we hadn't met until we got to the read through wow, on the really? very first day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. None of us had met. So like there was just 
clearly like their instincts are just very 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 good and very apt but yeah like I think they were just able to sort of like know whether someone was able to sort of like capture the essence of 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 a character within the sort of short space of time that they were trying to get to know them before they were casting them in the roles but what was also amazing was just the chemistry between us all was very natural and I also think that there was a like a shared sense of everyone having the same feeling about sort of being in this position because no one and you know even for people like you know Ollie who have had like long sort of like careers in acting like prior to him being a musician um everyone felt very like everyone was very vulnerable about the fact that like they that we were all taken on this huge thing so there was like a shared excitedness and um nervousness about so I think that's what gave it that energy I think anyway it's interesting as well as if I think back on it 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 was a great ensemble of actors you know you guys at the heart of it and then the older actors around it the parents and I thought it felt weirdly it felt a bit it wasn't it was very much television but it felt like that sometimes what you get in theatre when you have a great ensemble all working together to to tell in this case a really powerful and important story but as I said to you before, I, I really enjoyed the mix of tone in the piece. I, I loved the fact that it was funny at times and and then even more poignant as a result. Was that was that there in the script from the very beginning when you first read it? Did you feel that? Yeah, de- definitely. Like, well, I when we were auditioning, they only or at least I I only read the first two episodes. And then as we got closer to the filming, they sort of like dripped the other three scripts to us. And um yeah, fr- from the beginning, I, because obviously when they said it's at the height of the AIDS epidemic, I read that first episode and I was like, but this is just like loads of friends, just like having an amazing time. And Russell just wanted us to lean into that. He just wanted us to have fun. And, you know, essentially like that is what kids were doing though. Like, you know, they they can't foretell that all of this, you know, crazy stuff is going to happen to them. So yeah, we were just really encouraged to lean into that and then all of the other stuff will just play itself I mean you know, so you didn't have it, to, yeah it's so true I think of so many things that we do that we sometimes think we have to be hinting at something or, or telegraphing something but as you say him inviting you to sit in that world of having a great so that even at the end of that first episode I don't want to do any spoilers if people haven't seen it but even um at the end of that first episode, it's very shocking then when you kind of yeah. realise what's happened. Yeah. You go, oh my... And as someone who who came to London at that time, from my generation, yeah. you suddenly went, of course, because you, as an audience, you get seduced by you lot having a good time. So I'm assuming you must all be good pals now off, off screen and hang out together and get together. Oh my God, completely. Yeah, I saw, I saw a few people. Yeah, I saw a few people last week and it's just, yeah, it's just really... It's really amazing just sort of like hearing where everyone had come from. And because again, like, as I was saying, like there wasn't a, there wasn't any sort of like ego. Yeah. Everyone just shared this, that there was a commonality, which was that just everyone felt like that they were sort of doing something for that, the first time. That comes across in the show as well. That that definitely comes yeah. across the generosity of it. Now, obviously, and, and brilliantly, uh, I hope for you, it opens up possibilities. And you, you, are you in rehearsal at the moment or about to be in rehearsal? I've just started Constellations, kind of sort of weird, yeah, because we're working with, um, which is the Nick Payne play, and 
is being sort of produced on a different model. It's still directed by Michael Longhurst, who directed directed the original production at the Royal Court. But um, it's a, a really innovative model where there are forecasts, which plays into the world of the play, which is this idea of parallel universes and a multiverse and multiple possibilities. So um, I'm performing much later in the run from, 30th of July so I've done an initial week of rehearsals and then I'll sort of be back in from from early July. I think but... it sounds fascinating the different combinations and the different generations it's you and Russell Tovey in yours isn't it? And yeah that's right yeah. It's the kind of thing where I can imagine people going oh I want to go again do you know what I mean? If they saw you two and then you saw Peter Capaldi and Zoe Wanamaker it'd be a very intriguing thing yeah um well i will is. obviously be coming along to see that amari um, I, I want to do one more thing before we finish if that's okay yeah, i'm going course. to ask you some random questions and i want you to answer without thinking is that all right okay yeah here we go mm-hmm. dancing or singing dancing gin and tonic or aperol spritz aperol spritz cheesecake or banoffee pie <gasps> cheesecake broadway or the west end west end the beach or the city? Uh, the beach. <laughs> um, this is, so you know, these are two songs I'm going to give you. The Only Way Is Up or Don't Leave Me This Way? Uh, the Only Way Is Up. New Orleans or Rio de Janeiro? New Orleans. Amari, it's been really lovely chatting to you. Um, and I'm, I'm so thrilled it's going the way it is because you're very, very talented and a really disciplined performer, which sounds an odd thing to say, but it, it really counts. And um, uh, I hope to see you very soon. Thanks so much. I'll see you soon. Yeah, thanks, sure. Amari. Thanks, All the Paul. best. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye. Dear listeners, if you've enjoyed this idiot podcast, please keep it to yourself. <laughs>